0: Welcome to the NBA Chase Podcast, presented by Babcock Hoops. And now, our host, Chase Hirschman. Welcome to the NBA Chase Podcast. Got another great show for you today. Matt Babcock of Babcock Hoops is on board today, and we're going to really get into a draft preview here. So, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Chase. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. So, uh... Let's jump right in. Um, obviously, you guys are super busy right now, uh, scouting, going to uh, all different games, and um, uh, literally on the road twenty four seven. So um, yeah, tell me uh, kind of what's what's going on right now.
1: Yeah, no, it's been busy. We uh, you know I finished up the uh, the college scouting season. Uh, Ten days on the road doing conference tournaments. Um, did the ACC, did the Big Ten. Uh, just kind of caught up on some of those East Coast guys and. Um, Sort of been kind of shifting gears here a little bit, watching a lot of these games on TV uh, throughout the, the big tournament, starting to watch a lot of film and uh, kind of diving into a little bit more of uh, Intel, you know, background work on, on some of these prospects.
0: Um, cool, man. Well, listen, I you know, as the NBA chases the inside the NBA, really, uh, I really want to get a good look and, and a good idea of what the scouting – Process is and the, and the draft evaluation is from a from a real scout from a real source So you are our, our guy. So uh, give us a little idea of what that looks like And what goes into that and kind of how you come to your decisions um, that lead to your mock drafts and such
1: sure well, uh, I mean one thing from uh, You know scouting perspective in general of how you know how we're operating and, and sort of some of the things I preach and we really talk a lot about balance and you know balance of seeing guys in person uh, balance of you know, uh, seeing guys on film and really kind of breaking down guys' games and skill sets and tendencies, um, you know, balance in regards to uh, taking in consideration guys' backgrounds, uh, okay. you know, possible character flaws or, or or some issues off the floor. Um, you know, really just kind of looking at all of these different things, you know, and and uh, and and also for the matter, you know, what we think everybody else thinks and. You know, it'd be probably a lot simpler for me to kind of give my 1 through 60, my personal rankings on guys. But we're really trying to do a balance of, of okay, here's my thought on on this player, uh, how much success he can have and why. Uh, but also, too, like, you know, where do I think everybody else has them, too? And uh, kind of taking all those variables and, and kind of putting it into an equation and just sort of using our best judgment to, uh, you know, put guys in appropriate ranges.
0: How hard is that by looking at uh, other people in the industry, your peers um, doing their mock drafts and grading uh, How much do you really put into that because it's it's one of those things where you um, probably want to have a pretty clear, View on a guy before you, you know, you scout him and and try to give him a real uh, a real feel from your own sense But then at the same time, there's all these other players out there. So how do you how do you deal with that? How much goes into that?
1: Well, I mean, I think it it depends on the time of year, too. I mean early in the season, um, you know There'll be a larger number of guys that I I I don't know quite as well Um, You know, and and we kind of look at what we think guys market values are uh, You know within that upcoming draft and that's sort of where we have our basis of you know the early in the season mock draft. And as we sort of prioritize guys, um, kind of based on, on those initial rankings, you know we see them in person. We do some more homework. We you know continue to talk to everybody. Um, you know our our opinions become stronger and stronger. And the closer we get to the draft, you know I think we have a better grip of you know and confidence of this guy is in this range. Because of X, Y, and Z. And uh I you know, we're we're still not there yet. I mean, it's uh you know, the final four is next weekend. And uh um, you know, the the draft lottery hasn't been set yet. The the final final uh you know standings have not even been set. Sure, I mean the NBA sure, sure, season, sure. you know, is ending here soon and um and, and there's you know, players need to sign agents. They need to go through the whole pre-draft process. You know, we're going to be doing a ton of homework behind the scenes. as, you know, uh, if there's a guy with a rumor, of there's some some character issues, you know, we're we're going to dig around on that and, and kind of get a grip of how much risk there are with certain players. You know, breaking down the film, as I mentioned, and, and you know, doing all this uh, sort of like you know, background homework on, on each it. prospect.
0: Got it. So, how <laughs> much do you do you take in, in, into consideration um, when you go see a guy? Um, which can be on any given night, right? You can have a good night, even a bad night. But how, how much do you put into consideration on you go, you know, seeing a per, guy in person versus, um, you know, watching a bunch of tape, you know, even versus like the combine and, and their like individual workouts. How do you really, uh, is, is there like really a formula or is it just kind of feel, how do you, you know, take us through that process a little bit?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, one, one thing that my, my dad's taught me is, you know, worked in the NBA for a long time is, you know, don't have a knee jerk reaction on guys, you know, whether it's uh, going to see a really, you know, and he, and he played poorly or he played great. Um, don't try not to go too hot or too cold on a guy based on, you know, one, one day's, uh, you know, performance and that's easier said than done a lot of times, um, you know, but we, we, we really. Try to value all of it. You know, all the variables have somewhat of equal value. Um, it just kind of depends on on the player, and we sort of look at it a case by case deal. Uh, but I I think the biggest thing about seeing guys in person is you know getting a grip of their size, you know, their body movements, their tendencies, their personality. I mean, we we get there. You know, try to get to games at least an hour before the game, and you know, with our media uh, credentials, we're able to kind of go sit on the floor, watch them warm up, chat with coaches. And really, just trying to get a grip of of the guy, and uh, and that, th- those are things that you can't you can't really get a great feel for on film, and so sometimes film can be deceiving and, and it can throw you off a little bit. Not not really getting a great grip of what the guy's body's like, you know, which is really important, you know, you know, transitioning from uh, you know college to, to the pros. I mean, it's a you know,
0: bigger, stronger, faster type type deal. Any instances? Speaking of that, any, any instances you've had where you you went early and seen a guy and made a judgment about a guy in practice, like pre like in warm ups or pre game, where you're like, this guy doesn't take it seriously. He's not stretching or working on something. He's not prepping. He's just you know messing around. Is that um, or is that not important? Yeah, no, no, definitely is
1: important. I mean, we watch, you know, watching a guy, you know, warm up is important. You know, I mean, are they taking it seriously? Are they a guy that, you know, you, you know, I've, for myself, personally, when I was a player, I was a shooter, and I was everything was very, very much like a scientific approach to shooting. I had a, had a, a certain way of warming up. I, had, I was really conscious of, uh, you know, getting my release warmed up my, with my wrist and fall through and. Um, there's certain guys you can watch, and, and they they kind of take that same approach with their ball handling and stretching properly, and getting you know, their whole body loose, and working on their their shooting release. I mean Steph Curry. If you've ever watched him warm up, it's incredible. I mean it, that that guy, you know, sure he's got a knack offensively, but like that's that's a self-made skilled player, and uh, you know it, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. Kevin Durant's the same way. I mean, there's a number of guys go down you know the list of, of great shooters. They're not great shooters. Even yeah. Warriors, yeah, too. no, exactly. Yeah. They can all shoot it, and, uh, but they're not—they're not, you know, great, you know, skilled, you know, players and shooters, you know, by accident. These guys, sure. you know, really taking a certain approach, and yeah, that's definitely something you look at. And one thing that's tough is a lot of these prospects in each year's draft are, you know, a lot of them are freshmen or sophomore. I mean, there's very few upperclassmen, and uh, they're young guys. You know, a lot. Of, you know, so it's hard. You need to kind of read between the lines a little bit of, okay, are the guys at a maturity level yet? and if not do we think they can get there and so sure. just you know seeing them in person you know doing some homework on, on background work that's part of it because you know a lot of these guys aren't ready but they might be ready to be drafted and they they might they might be a player in you know two three years and that's that's really what the draft is a lot about there's very few players that are going to step into a role next year that a team's going to depend on sure. you know so it's sort of you know trying to kind of hedge your bets on you know where do you think this thing is going from a developmental standpoint
0: uh with, with each prospect what um, in, in the sense of basically in, in this in the sense of the scouting re- like report and you, you take all the basketball and put that aside. How much do you put in to the personal side of what you of the, of the intel that you get um, on the person, the type of player he is and how hard he works and and how much is kind of given to that? Aspect of it. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's a,
1: a real clear answer on that uh, You know we you know, not get everything is a case-by-case situation You really just kind of got to weigh it out and a lot of it is just you know Relying on your gut with, with, with knowing as much as you possibly can about each player You know again balance, balance is the key to the the finding finding the right guys uh, I mean, I, you know if there's if There's a guy that's ultra high character. He's a 4.0 student and he's involved in the community That's definitely a positive thing sure but can the kid play? Because <laughs> you know, this game trains. I mean, there, there's a million different scenarios like that where you, you could, you know, weigh it, you know, one way or another. And again, you need the balance. You okay. need a guy with talent, and that you're, you, you know, you feel like is a safe enough investment for you know your owner to invest millions of dollars. Millions. Of and dollars. so, sure. you know, I mean, there's in this draft specifically, I think there's a lot of high risk, high reward guys, and uh, for for a, a number of different reasons. Um, but you know, I mean, these teams, you know, are probably going to have a hard time, you know, weighing out what's worth the risk, you know, what's worth the reward. And some general managers and owners have, uh, you know, strong, stronger stomachs than others. And I mean, I think it's, again, longer
0: contracts yeah, like, and I mean, I just, take the chances and that kind of thing. No, there's
1: a ton, ton of stuff going on. And, yeah. uh, I mean, that's why the, the the draft is a fun puzzle to try to put together. And, uh, you know, we're, we're doing our best.
0: <laughs> well, before, we're going to talk about the draft and we're going to kind of give a, a draft preview here, but I, I want to share one story. Cause you mentioned, don't make, uh, too big of a judgment on seeing guy one day, right? You mm-hmm. said you said your your dad told you that. And uh and I remember when the Timberwolves brought in um Pooh Richardson, who mm-hmm. they drafted with their first ever draft pick that, you know, is the the first in the franchise, right? The franchise just started. They had a top pick. Um wasn't the first pick, but I think maybe the second or third pick. And they brought in two guys. They brought in Pooh Richardson, you know the other guy they brought in? I don't. Pooh Richardson whooped on this second guy whooped him so they played you know they brought him in they they played each other just let him go at each other and Pooh Richardson took him down and they took pooh um Pooh obviously ended up being a, a decent player in the league you know mm-hmm. uh, uh that's about all you can say about pooh he had a great name as well the other guy that they passed on was Tim Hardaway oh, yeah. so they they, they he, Tim Hardaway got whooped for whatever reason in one in one in one uh practice and they took Pooh and you know obviously the Franchise would have been a little different. We took, you know, uh, I don't think I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he's he's right there. I mean, he was. a yeah, multi
1: All Star guy. he He was good. He he definitely won uh, the long term battle though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was
0: not, not even not even close. Um, so let's get let's get right into the draft. So um, obviously Zion Williamson number one, gonna, probably going to be number one pick, uh, barring uh, some you know some crazy thing happening. Uh, just give us a we all know how good he is and whatever just just give us an outlook on kind of what what his uh, What you see his future in the NBA looking like?
1: Yeah, it incredible. I mean, I've, I've sort of uh, You know been a broken record all, all year on him I you know, I understand where the initial concerns were with him Just what he does well and what he brings to the table is so unique and just so incredible and uh, I, I think he's a special player um, Yeah, so I, I have I have him clearly as the, the number one guy uh, I mean, just breaking down the teams that, uh, you know, are, are most likely to get the first pick, I think he can be plugged in anywhere. Um, and so I, I fully expect him to be the number one pick, unless there's something,
0: you know, funky goes on with this medical would, would Phoenix take him number one? I know Phoenix, Phoenix is obviously desperate for a point guard. They have guys like Josh Jackson and T.J. Warren, I think he's a free agent. But, um, you know, does he fit the Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton uh, would he fit in that team? Do you think they would try to maybe trade out, uh, get a get a load, and take Jaw two or three or something?
1: You know, I uh, I mean John Moroney and Darius Garland too. I mean he, he's right up there. He's not far off with, with Jaw. I mean I think they're they're a little bit different uh, when you're comparing them as prospects. Um, but I you know I, I think from a market value standpoint, I think Zion's clearly the number one guy at this point. So I don't know. I I would.
0: Be yeah. hard pressed to pass. On yeah, I mean, I think you, I think it, well, I
1: think you need to look at what the options are. You know, okay. it's kind of sure. early, it's too early to tell. I mean, sure, if if sure, you could trade sure. back, you know, and get a point guard, uh, and, but what else do you get? You know, and yeah, so yeah. it. Uh, I mean, I always would. You know, if I, if I were a general manager or an owner, front office guy, yeah, keep all the options open. Why why uh, why close why the door I before tell. you sure. know what
0: you're looking at? I mean, everybody's got a price. Is Zion gonna be? Um, is Zion gonna be a, a three time All Star in the league? Mm-hmm. I would say so. Um, five five time All Star.
1: I mean, I think the, if everything clicks with this kid, I, I think he is going to be, you know, potential of being a superstar. Okay. And so, I
0: mean, you know, to put a number of all-stars or hall of fame or whatever, but he's got that kind of upside. Where do you see his, like, base? What's, like, if Zion doesn't work out, what kind of player is he in the league?
1: Well, I mean, like, I think— to,
0: to the expectations Yeah, I, mean, I understand. obviously, if he's-
1: uh, I mean, I, I, you know, health, obviously, is a big a big factor with any young guy. I mean, you know, there's a number of guys on, this, on our, our draft board that health is somewhat of a factor here. So, I mean, okay, assuming, just for the sake of this conversation, he's healthy. Sure. um, I I think the worst case is he's a borderline all-star, you know, over a long period of time. I mean, I think he's ready to be that right now. Right now. So, I mean, this is, uh, again, you know, barring that he stays healthy, and his body, his his weight stays under control, and there's not any kind of, uh, you know, structural damage anywhere
0: with his knees, or ankles, feet, whatever. and. in, in the big question what, what I mean is it matter what position he plays or is it just kind of like I mean, he's a power forward okay? You know, I mean I think
1: uh, There's certain lineups that um, you know he could be used differently I mean for example one one interesting team if they get the first pick is Chicago, you know They've got Markinen, they've got uh, Wendell Carter You know there, there's I guess you could see you know say there's a little bit of a log jam there with their bigs If, if you bring in a guy that's essentially going to be you know potentially the face of your team Can you play those three together? I don't know. I think that's an interesting conversation. I'd I be, you know, I would love to be a fly on the
0: wall with, right. with the general with the manager. Just, and the they head also coach. just traded for uh, uh, the kid from Washington, Otto Porter. Mm-hmm. So they're, I mean, they're really locked up up front. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you, yeah, what do you do? Well, I don't know. Start marking at the five. And I mean, play, it's you know, bench Wendell Carter. Or, I mean, I'm sure know. if you
1: asked them, they'd say that's a good problem to have. You sure. know, it's just a hey, number one pick to get, you know, get that kind of talent. Um, you know, but you know, okay. In, in I mean, Chicago was interesting across the board because even with their guards. They've got Chris Dunn, they got Levine, they've got a pretty solidified, you know, set Starting, core unit. Yeah. And so if they're, right now I think they're projected to get the fourth pick, you know, they could go in a number of different directions. Sure, and sure. so, I mean, the Chicago pick is an interesting one. Again, good problem to have. They're, they're going to have some depth of, of young, talented depth. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually really like Chicago's core unit. Yeah, and where the, yeah. This thing can get turned around pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, well, I'm from Minnesota so I, you like you like all those guys. they all used to be on Minnesota. so I, I really don't want to talk about it. Uh, moving on we, so um, next on the list, RJ Barrett um, you know most likely to be the number two pick. it's probably between him and Ja. Um, I, I guess anything can happen but um, give us a little idea on, on Barrett's outlook and maybe a comp and kind of what you see there.
1: Sure, uh, you know I, I've been somewhat critical on Barrett throughout the year. I mean, I think a lot of it has stemmed from he was so hyped up last summer. Um, you know, I evaluated him closely at the at the Hoop Summit, and you know, I, I don't want to say I don't think he's good. I mean, he's a, he's a really good player. Um, I, I just I, I kind of started off being somewhat critical of like, wait a minute, this guy is not a clear cut number one pick in this year's draft. And so, you know, it's interesting you find. You find the conversations changing depending on how how much a guy is being hyped up. You know, if, you know, if, uh, you know, talking about player X and you know, I, I watch him play and I didn't know who he was before. I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's really good. Then you look at one of these other mock drafts and he's the 15th pick in the draft. It's like, all right, pump the brakes. I like him, I don't like him that much. And so it just really depends on on what the conversation is. So, I, so that's uh, how
0: you feel about Barrett, basically. You, yeah. you you he's you know hyped up as the first or second pick, but you have concerns basically.
1: Uh, I mean, I have some concerns if, if you're talking about this guy's a surefire star. I mean, I think he's a really good player. I think he's got a chance to be, you know, a primary option for a team in a few years. Uh, I, I do not have him penciled in as a lock to be the second pick in the draft. Um, he is in that that next group of guys. Um, I, you know, again, I think there's there's a lot of homework to to be done on that next. I think, you know, you got Zion, and then there's another seven guys to me that are from a talent, you know, standpoint that the next tiered group. Um, I, I've got I've got some questions. You know, on, on a few of those guys that that are not fully answered, and I'm sure teams feel the same way. And so, I mean, I think that that next group could kind of go a million different different
0: ways. What uh, where, where do you, uh, what's a good comp for Barrett?
1: Ah, uh, Barrett. Um, I don't know what some of the names have been thrown around. I, he's somebody I read somewhere. Wiggins. Somebody brought up Wiggins. I mean, he's. I could see that comparison a little bit. I think Wiggins is more athletic. I think RJ is better with the ball
0: on, you know, on the ball as a primary ball handler. Well, um, Wiggins can't. I mean, Wiggins in the league for five years, he still can't dribble. Yeah, I uh, So, I mean. But, so it's, not, but, it's not a perfect. No, uh, but I, I, I like that. I don't, I don't, I like. You know. Obviously, they're both lefties, so there's something there, too. But, like, I see a, I do see a similarity there. Um, Wiggins is a lefty, is he? Yeah. 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 Um, Somebody brought up Ginobili at one point.
1: I I don't think I don't think RJ's gonna be that good, personally. I mean I mean Ginobili's you know, it's gonna be Hall of Famer. You'd think, right? It uh, yeah, he will be it, for uh, sure. Yeah, and so I mean I, you know, it, it, it's I I don't I don't have a great comparison for Barrett and, uh, you know, but he, he's gonna be a good player. I I don't want I try not to be overly critical. Again, it's just I've kind of got into the habit of being critical on him just because of how much he was hyped up. The kid's a really good player. Um, I think he he'll play major minutes in the NBA right away. Okay, um,
0: what about his their their teammate, uh, the third Duke guy who really gets lost in the shuffle? Who's a super talented guy, um, but sometimes uh, you know can be hit or miss a little bit. Tell us about Cam Reddish a little bit and what you see there.
1: Yeah, Cam Reddish is definitely one of the guys that's a high risk, high reward guy. Um, you know, he I, and I've I've watched him a bunch. I saw him I think for the first time several years ago. He was on the U.S. team that was playing at the World, uh, the Euro camp in, in Italy. Um, so I mean, and I saw him at the hoop summit all all uh, all last summer. You know, watched Scott several games this year at Duke he's about as frustrating of a prospect to evaluate as the prospect can be. I mean, he's got he has got the whole toolbox. I mean, he's got prototypical size. He does everything. He just doesn't produce consistently. He'll, you know, okay. he kind of gets uh, falls asleep at the wheel at times. <laughs> and it's just he's a frustrating guy. I mean, he's shot. Their season's over now. he shot 35% from the field for the year. I think 33% from from 3. Um and it's just it's frustrating. I mean, you know, how, how can you justify it to your owner, you know, taking a kid in the top five that shot 35 percent from the field? It's just, you know, it, it's it, it, he's frustrating. I mean, it, I think if you're drafting top five, top eight, whatever, you know, his, his upside is as high as he could end up being the best player of the draft or he can just be a very average player.
0: And he scares me. So so in that that vein, when you're if you're, you're you're a GM looking at that, you're looking at a guy who kind of comes and goes and and has the the, the skill set you look for, but uh, you know can literally play three positions, right? He can mm-hmm. play the one, two, or the three theoretically. He's like six nine, um, but he just fades in and out. And uh, again, a lot of that can is just like you referred to is kind of can, can can be contributed to the fact that he plays with two guy, two stars, right? And uh, two alpha dogs. Um, so it's easy to say like, oh, well, you know, he's the third guy's, you know, he's not going to be that aggressive and blah, blah, blah. But you're saying that this has happened at, at more than just at Duke. You've seen, you've seen this kind of pattern before from him. Yeah. This has been his reputation for years and, uh, you know, it, 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 and, and to kind of go
1: against what you're saying is, okay, he's playing with these two stars. I mean, RJ is, you know, pretty ball dominant, you know, alpha dog guy. There's, I mean, there's no, no doubt about that. Sure. And then Zion is just Zion and polarizing, you know, with yeah. that, you know should lead to some easy baskets I mean those guys getting a lot of attention and you know cam having you know a sweet stroke he should be not knocking down more shots than, than he has and uh, that 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 frustrates me a shooter that's not hitting shots that's a that's a big problem and yeah. uh you know in at the same time you're looking at a guy that's I mean how old is cam 18 or so yeah it uh I mean he's a young guy so I mean could it click yeah it could and if it does we might see Tracy McGrady 2.0 Am I gonna? Am I gonna bet my job on it? That's, I, don't that's I don't know. I don't know. I get. Yeah. I might. I might lose some sleep before draft night if I'm a GM, you know, drafting in, yeah, the, yeah. in that range because he's he's got the
0: talent. There, there, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's well, okay? Now let's go to Ja, Ja Morant. Um, you know, Alpha Dog, but at a smaller school with less talent, was able to kind of just. Beat that lead dog, and obviously took his team, uh, to the second round of the tournament single-handedly. Uh, kept him in it the, then that game for at least the first ten minutes or so. He was draining threes. Uh, looks like he's kind of adding to his game. He's shooting more threes at the end of the year than he was earlier in the year. Um, and and when you watch the guy, you just it's kind of a wow. He, he just uh, usually is the best player in the court. Um, so you know, give us give us your your, your take on him.
1: He, you know, offensively, I'm not I'm not concerned with him. You know, I, I was early on, and, and, and to an extent this is something he needs to needs to improve on. But you know, decision making, taking care of the ball, he you know tries to be you know flamboyant at times. Um, you know, I, I I'm not overly concerned long term with that. I think he'll be able to get it under control. He's just got so much offensive talent. Uh, defensively, I think he's going to go through some growing pains. Uh, you know, he doesn't doesn't consistently. Uh, you know, apply himself defensively, I I, I question, um, you know, if he's caught up fundamentally uh, defensively as well. Um, I, I don't know if that's, you know, he hasn't been taught or he just doesn't apply himself or it's a combination of the two, but Long story short, he's going to struggle defensively one way or another that that first year, and okay. that 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 create some headaches. Offensively,
0: he's just he's a juggernaut. I mean, it's he's unbelievable. Do you do you think the fact that he has to do so much to carry that team on offense that that has something to do with the defense where it's lacking, or do you think that it just is kind of what it is? The-
1: uh, you know, that, that there might be some something to that. Um, you know, I mean, he's dependent on to make a play every single time down the floor offensively. It, it takes it out of you, um, but. You know, he doesn't get in his stance defensively. I, I think it's more of like he needs to learn to, to work hard and, and value, you know, that side of the ball as well. Which okay. which is, you know, not uncommon for, for a guy that age that's clearly the best player on the floor at all times. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not overly concerned with it, but it does need to be addressed. I mean, if, if you're drafting him, I mean that's the first thing you address. Okay, we need to get your body better, and we need you to start taking this seriously. Yeah. This
0: this is a big boys' league. If you want that big boy's second contract, part of it is you need to defend. Sure. And uh, as far as far as a comp goes with him, is there is there anybody in the league that you like, or, or you know, mm. that Ja kind of reminds you of, or or because um, he's 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 polarizing too, man. He can get to the hoop. He can shoot it. He's quick. He's fast. He's got good handles. Um, basically, whatever he wants on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, you know, you know what he kind of reminds me of. It, uh, and, and I think he, he's going to be more successful than this. Um, but a young Brandon Jennings. That's that's more athletic. Ooh, I like that. Okay. It, uh, you know, I mean, Brandon was su- had such a knack to make plays offensive early on in his career. And, um, super quick crafty with the ball just had a knack for throwing lobs and setting guys up you know wasn't a big-time shooter but like he could get going and just just really crafty around the rim and he's just i mean he's significantly more athletic than brandon Uh, i think a little 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 bit taller um that that's I, I really haven't even thought about that one until, until no, that was, now. That was great. That's the best
0: one I've heard actually. Um,
1: yeah, like my dad brought up TJ Ford, which they drafted TJ, and uh, you know TJ had you know injury problems and all that. But it, yeah. I mean he's got the speed like TJ gets anywhere he wants to
0: with the ball, and so he uh, you know he, he this kid's got a chance to be special. TJ Ford's an interesting because pre pre neck injury he was a good player, although he's a little undersized. He's just he uh, he so player. speedy like this kid. I mean, this yeah. kid's bigger than TJ, yeah. but. uh, same kind of athleticism. Okay. I mean, I mean, he is. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be Gardner. I'll tell you that. Got it. Uh, I do want to correct myself. Uh, my producer is telling me that Wiggins is a right-hander. <laughs> I so that. you were right. I was wrong, <laughs> and I just wanted to clear that uh, on the air here. Um, and so, okay. So moving on to our next guy, uh, I, I want to bring up. Um, so we obviously keep going down the list, and there's a few other guys we're going to hit. But I do want to talk about Bull Bull here for a second um bull bull um we've talked about him before on the podcast uh polarizing guy he's been hurt only played about what, eight or nine games this year um uh you know had, had an injury just tell us a little bit of, you know how that works with the draft process and how you go through your thing um when a guy uh, you know shows you some stuff at the beginning of the year and then gets hurt and you kind of don't know what you're getting um, and without obviously seeing all the medical and stuff, um, how do you how do you evaluate that? And how do you kind of put that into your other guys that you've seen play all year?
1: Sure. Well, we from a basketball standpoint, we were lucky that we've seen him a number of times, and I mean before this season even, and uh, and then we we saw him. Uh, we have Matt McKay in, in Portland, and so we had you know luckily enough a guy that was pretty local that that saw all their games early, <laughs> and uh, so we we have a good grip of him basketball wise. And I think the one thing with Bobol is. I think there's conflicting uh evaluations on him just because he's so unique and then the games just played so differently now so he's a seven foot two you know four five five four whatever i mean he's skilled and he and he's got the funky body type and generally with guys that are super unique you'll kind of get a split on scout reports he had some guys love him some guys don't this, this is what happened with zion early is he's unique and some people just didn't know how to process him and i think that's what's happening with bobo I happen to fall on the side that really does like him I, and, I, and i know i'm on the higher end of it than, than most people are um you know but I, I do think if his medicals clear clear out enough uh, i think he gets drafted high. i think there's just too much talent there um and uh you know time, time will tell i mean I, the, the foot injury is a little concerning i know it's a bone that doesn't get a ton of blood flow i i you know as far as the process goes um i i don't know what what you know Angle the agents are gonna play in this as, as far as if they're gonna go get a, uh, a medical to share Themselves now my guess would be they're gonna have them go to the combine and it'll be made available at that point or not Depending how it looks got it. Well, I mean, that's something that We are certainly gonna try our best to keep a
0: pulse on because that that could you know, really uh, Affect how high or how low he goes sure well, it just takes one GM right one GM with enough confidence and a safe enough job to take a guy like that who could be a top three pick in this draft, uh, or top three talent in this draft, right? But because of injuries and other things, he, I mean, we could honestly see him go from anywhere from what, like seven to 30? I mean, I, you I mean, have you, no you, idea, You could right? even go higher
1: than that uh, you know, if, it, if it checks out. It, uh, I mean, one thing that's that interesting about a situation like this where medicals are important, I mean, they're important with all kids, but especially with a kid that's you know potential red flag guy, um, is if the agents choose to withhold the medicals, they can control things a lot because I don't think a team will get clearance to take him without having medical clearance on a guy. And so, yeah. let's say I think they just signed with yeah. CAA. I don't know which agent, but let's say okay, they want him going to the Lakers, who are projected to be at ten right now, and say and say that CAA knows that the medicals are clear. I'm not saying this is the case, sure, but sure, hypothetically, sure. sure. They could not not let any of the other teams see the medicals, not let the kid go to the combine. Now all of a sudden, but they they, they share it with the Lakers. The Lakers are the team that have confidence to take him if they value him. At, you sure, know all sure, that. So sure. this, is again, that,
0: is that, So Denver dealt with that last year, right, with Michael Porter. Yeah, is, it, that, uh, is, is that kind of a similar situation? Um, you know, just... I'm
1: not I'm not certain. Um, I mean, I know I know there were a number of teams that red flagged him, and I mean, I think I, from what i understand is that the medicals were shown to everybody. Everybody saw his medicals, okay. um, and a lot of teams just chose the pass. Okay, um, so Michael Porter, for, for
0: those that most of you know, but for those that don't, Michael Porter's drafted uh, like around 15 for the Nuggets last year so. and uh, and didn't play the entire season this year, and they say he's probably not going to play this year, and they're basically redshirting him this year so that he can be there next year. But uh, if you've ever watched the guy play, he, he looks like a Vince Carter on the floor. I mean, he's just – I don't even – it's not even a good comparison. He's just, he's a freak. Yeah, he's a um, guy. So they, they, you know, and obviously Denver's stacked, and, and uh, the GM there has uh, his job's pretty much in place, so they can take a chance. But I think it's going to take probably a similar situation to that for someone to take him that, you know, in the lottery.
1: Um you're talking about Bobo. Yeah. Uh, it, it just depends on how the how the medicals, okay. you know, turn up. I mean, I think it's too early to tell. Apparently. I mean, I think with Michael Porter, I, I you know, I'm friends with Tim. I, I, he hasn't told me this specifically. My guess is kind of what you're saying is that okay, we we feel pretty comfortable with our roster we have, which which the you know it worked out like they're having a great year, um, and we've got this pick. This guy's got a major upside if he were healthy. He'd be a top five guy, and you know the owner's a Missouri guy. There's a lot of connections. I'm assuming it was sort of like, hey, you know what? Let's let's roll the dice on this kid. There's nobody here we love, you know. Let's go for a high take risk, a high chance. reward deal. Let's sure. Take a chance, and um, you know I'm assuming, you know, Tim had had the green light from from Kroenke and the owner, you know, the, yeah. the owners of like, all right, we understand the risk. Let's go for it. You know, I, I got your, you know, you have my support. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that for sure, but that's a, that's what I'm guessing. Makes happened. sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about. So we got some. uh, uh, At this point, there's there's four tournament teams left. Um, We got Texas Tech, we got Virginia, we got Michigan State, and we got Auburn. Um, Let's start with Texas Tech. They got a good player over there. I believe is number sixteen on your uh, on your um, mock draft, and his name is Jarrett Culver. So tell us a little bit about uh, Jarrett. Yeah, Jared's good. You know, I,
1: I saw him for the first time. I, I didn't even know who he was prior to last season, and uh, watched him and Zyre Smith a couple times, and I liked him. It, uh, I, I, I wasn't in love with him as a as a prospect, but I liked him. You know, kind of in my scout report was like, let's track this guy. This guy could be a guy for us to look at in the next year or two. Um, you know, fast forward to this year, and he he turned it up, and uh, I saw him. Uh, there's a tournament in Kansas City over Thanksgiving or right before Thanksgiving, so I saw him two times a row there, and then later in the year, and a couple of our other guys saw him. So we we saw him a handful of times, and he uh, he's really good. I mean, he he carried a team that really didn't have a ton of talent, um, you know, to the final four. You know, and uh, granted, I, I do think that the coach Chris Beard is an excellent coach. It uh, does a really good job. Um, I, I mean, I think he's. Probably can get any job he wants moving forward, <laughs> I okay. guess. It, uh but Jared's a good player. He's got he's got great size, he's like six five plus, long arms. Um he, he's he, he's sort of a do-it-all kind of guy. The one thing I didn't see last year is that he uh he's a terrific playmaker for for a guy that plays off the ball. I mean, he really sets his guys up well. He's got a killer first step. Um he's just got an act to make plays. I, I would like to see him uh, you know, Continue to develop his outside shooting. I think it's a little sporadic. Okay, uh, but he shoots it. Okay um, we've got in our our, uh, our our scouting team are a little torn on him. We've got him at 16 A couple of my guys want to put him significantly higher. I'm kind of holding back a little bit uh, But he's a guy that could go higher in 16. I mean, I know there's there's some people uh, and I think this is how this draft is all together quite, you know, there's a lot of guys in this in this but we're a number of people are are super high on a guy, and, and the other half are, are a little lower. Uh, so I mean, he's got a pretty wide range, like like a lot of these kids do, as I suggested.
0: Okay. What about um, so that's Texas Tech? Let's talk uh, Michigan. Cassius Winston, who's um, who's really the maybe the even the biggest name left in the tournament. Uh, people have been talking about him a lot. Uh, from the college standpoint, and from leading a team standpoint, not necessarily from an NBA standpoint. So, give us kind of the NBA uh, view of, of Cassius Winston.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, he's had a terrific year. I mean, you know, he's uh, he's a good, really good college player. I don't, I don't know if he translates to, to the NBA. Although, well, he's a little undersized. He's not super quick. He, you know, it's uh, it's one of those tough deals where it's just. Um, You know he's just so dang productive, and you know he's so reliable as a college player. You know, do you want to bet against this kid? You know, um, I don't know. I mean, he's not hot on our radar as far as our rankings and all that. You know, but you know, could he play in the NBA? I don't know. Again, I might, I might not bet against him. You know, he's he's he's, he's proven that he's able to perform at a high level. you know Michigan State, but you know it's it's you know from a translation standpoint to the NBA, it's tough to envision him being successful. From so, the
0: skill set, from the skill set. Yeah, it just his
1: toolbox. I mean, it just doesn't you know it's hard to it's hard to give him a comp saying hey this has worked before uh, kind of thing. But um, you know keep keep a pull some. I mean, he's only a junior. I don't know if he'll have a market value to come out early. Um, I mean my my guess would be that he'll be back uh, for his senior year. But you know we'll we'll see. Okay.
0: Um, Mac, definitely see that guy, see seeing that guy stay for another year, uh, you know, be on a summer league, either get drafted in this late second round or not, and then be on, you know, lead some summer league team or something, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, um, okay, what about, uh, let's, let's talk about the Virginia guys. So Virginia's got three guys that, uh, look like they're gonna be in the draft this year potentially. Um, you know, we'll kind of work our way up. Let's start with Kyle Guy. So, yeah, I've seen Virginia
1: a bunch this year. Um, Cow guy's a really good player. I mean, especially a college player. And, you know, this guy, when he gets going, the guy could just flat out stroke it. And uh he's got he's got a great confidence about him. I mean, uh, you know, borderline arrogance to him, um that, that that you know allows him to be a lot of times the smallest guy on the floor, pretty much is killing everybody. <laughs> and uh um, you know, it's sort of the same conversation with uh with Winston. Does it translate to the NBA? I mean, he's Fair. I think they list him at six two, one seventy five. You know, he's he's not only not not tall as a shooting guard, he's thin. I mean, he's a small build. Um, you know, again, I, I mean, would it shock me if somebody fell in love with him and, and, and put him in a certain role where he can kind of be a catch-and-shoot guy? Um, it could happen. I, I, the, the one comparison I've brought up is, uh, you probably wouldn't even know this guy's name, but a guy named J.C. Carroll. He played at Utah State years ago, did not make it in the NBA, but, you know, had some workouts, you know, got some interest. Probably, I'm, I'm assuming he played summer league, but he's gone on to be like a Euroleague star and made a boatload of money. That's sort of what I'm envisioning with this kid. Um, I mean, things have changed with the NBA as far as different different contracts with two-way contracts and affiliate player deals. And um, there's a lot more flexibility of giving guys, you know, more of a shot without having to commit a ton you know, from a team pers- you know, standpoint. So may- maybe maybe this kid will have the shot that JC didn't okay. and i will be able to make it work. Um, but again, it kind of goes back to the Winston thing. Like, I'm not sure if, if it
0: translates real well. Got it. Um, okay. What about let's stay in with Tennessee. Let's talk about. um mean Virginia. Uh, sorry. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with Virginia. Same with Tennessee lost man. Yeah, Tennessee. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, my bracket is is busted. Uh, so, what about uh, Ty Jerome?
1: Yeah, Ty's good. He, uh, he he's an interesting prospect too, and, and I and I think I think from my understanding, scouts are pretty split on him. Uh, on one hand, you know he's got great size as a point guard. I mean he's six five plus. You know, really smart kid. Seems like to be like a really rock solid, you know, personality guy. Um, runs the show. He shoots with range. And, you, know, you know, he's pretty, pretty crafty. Um, but he's just—he's you know, not very athletic. And, and, and he's—I don't know. I'm a little torn on him. He, he's a junior. I'm—I'm uh, I'm expecting him to be a guy that's going to have a tough decision after the season because he's probably going to get mixed, uh, you know, mi- mixed reviews back. Um, and mixed reviews, guys, scare me. It's like if you're not, you know, he's got this great, great spot in Virginia. You go back and be with Tony Bennett and have a great team next year. I hope he goes back to school. Okay. Um, but I could kind of see it going both ways with him because I, I know there are some teams that like him. And so, I mean, maybe somebody gives him a verbal commitment that gives him the comfortability to stay in. Um He's, uh, I don't know. We're, we're keeping a pulse on him. See, I don't, he's, I don't think he's currently on our mock draft. He would probably be a top 60 guy for us if we did have him included. The underclassmen, we kind of, it's a conversation we go back and forth with like a bunch of guys, and we actually categorize, categorize our guys in different colors for our private rankings. And the guys that are underclassmen that aren't in the mock draft, we have them as purples. Okay. Ty Drum's a purple. If he's two feet in the draft, we'll sort of go back to the drawing board and plug them into the mock draft appropriately at that time. Got it. And so we, again, we gotta go back and forth with a lot of those guys that are, are categorized as purple.
0: Got it, so then, uh, and then let's get to the last guy, in Virginia, who's, who's probably the highest rated here, that's that's uh, DeAndre Hunter. Mm-hmm. It, uh, so I was a little slow to warm with him.
1: Uh, the start of the season, I, I I watched him at Nike Academy last summer. Um, I, I just, I don't know, I thought he was a little undersized to be a four, I didn't think he could play the three. Um, I question it, but then, you know, watching this season, you know, I, I think he uh I think he is what he is to a certain extent. I mean he's 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 only six foot seven, but he's crazy long, crazy long arms, really strong, seems like a really great kid, plays hard, plays the right way, and he, he he shoots the heck out of it. And so I mean he's a he's a pick and pop four that can shoot at a high rate. He's he's a good, not great athlete, but he's very coordinated. Um and he's so long, so he's able to finish at the rim and he defends, you know, multiple positions. So I I think he's I think he's a safe pick in a pretty volatile draft. And so I think he will go—I think a safe pick in this year's draft goes on the high side of their market just because of the instability of a lot of these prospects. So do you see is he a, So is you see him as a 3 or a 4? I think he's a 4. I think he can defend some 3s. He shoots the ball like a 3. But just his general body movements and his, his overall physical makeup. Are you, are you makeup.
0: worried about him being a 4 at 6'7"? Or do you think that— that just the way the NBA is and how how fours are mainly perimeter shooters these days, and that, you know, he's got long arms to kind of make up for that.
1: Well, I mean, they list him at six seven. I, I'm interested to see what he gets measured out at, but he looks like a solid six seven to me. He looks more of like a six seven, six, eight guy rather than a six seven, six, six type guy. Got it. Um, I mean, like another guy, an example would be Grant Williams from Tennessee. The team that sure. he mistakenly says yep. in the final four. Yep. Yep. It uh Grant Williams has had a terrific year for them. I think they list him at six seven two, and I, I, I don't think he's a real 6-7. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it, there's a difference there, um, and, and Hunter is just so long. I, I mean, he, I don't know what his wingspan is. I'm assuming it's 7-plus it's something, you know. So he plays like a seven footer. Plays, you know,
0: bigger than he is. He plays bigger than his height. Okay.
1: Um, I mean, he, he is he is still undersized, but I mean, I think he fits the modern modern days that, game.
0: I mean, arms is a huge part because you can play. You know, certain guys don't utilize it, right? But sure. certain guys do. Mm-hmm. And you watch like James Harden, and he's like six six, and he's in the lane, and he's like getting up over everybody, and you see certain things, and you're like. How long are his arms? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Or Draymond who's undersized, who's got those long arms and just plays longer and bigger.
1: Yeah, I mean with Hunter, you know, defensively he's very good and he's versatile. He's not really a defensive playmaker. He doesn't get a ton of blocks, ton of steals. He's more of a container, which I think there's value in that, but it's just a different kind of prospect. So he's just a very solid guy. You know, doesn't try and do things he can't do, but he can hit shots. He can defend people. He's gonna be a, a good, a good player. I, do I think the upside is that this guy's gonna be a star? I don't. I, I and I think maybe some some people do. I I don't see a ton of upside, but this guy will probably play minutes as a rookie next year and, and probably have a good career. And yeah. so there's value. There's value
0: there, or there should be, in my opinion. Sure. And uh, I know uh, some other sites that rate him very high, so it's interesting to to, to hear your your take. Um, now let's talk about Auburn's guy. Unfortunately, this guy tore his ACL. Um, but Chuma Okiki, uh, you know, is was was, was rated really, really high prior to the injury and uh, Auburn's best player. So yeah, what do you, what do you think about him and and how the injury affects that? Well, I mean, first of all, it was it was devastating. I was watching that game live, and
1: his name's been uh, sort of popping up a lot lately. And uh, we we had him as a purple, you know, it categorized as a purple as a guy. Okay, we, we we've been watching a lot of film on him. I mean, I've seen them play in person too last year and this year, but it, uh, we were, we were just about to decide like, Hey, is he, is he ready to be included in this year's mock draft? And then I was watching the game live and it's just, oh man! I and I knew it right away. I was like, that's an ACL, you know, you just tell by his reaction. And, um, I don't know. It's an interesting take as far as what do they do next? Um, cause I mean, he's, I you mean, know, ACL, what, you're out six, nine months, something like that. It. uh you know for a guy that had somewhat of an uncertain draft range anyway um you know do you do you risk it and go somewhere and, and, and have an nba training program get you better you know i i would think i would think he still would have a chance to get drafted and if not get a two-way contract and teams would take care of him medically you know or you go back to school and you're not going to be able to play most of next season anyway it's it's sort of it's a tough spot anyway you look at it and and i, I don't I don't have a, a great answer on that because it's just. You think it, he's a
0: first rounder if he comes out? Um, I think that would be because if you're at the end of the first, I mean, you're not going to get a great player, and that you get a chance. You know, a lot of these guys yeah, come back from ACLs.
1: Yeah, but there's guaranteed money there. I don't know. I, oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's on his very high side. It, okay. My impression is that I, I, early, I, early would prob- I would probably have a more like if if people, health was on issue, I think he'd be a good second round pick okay uh that, that that was my personal impression got it. Of him. if he was healthy if he was healthy got it. not being healthy i don't know i think it kind of depends on the team I, I i don't know it's a tough spot i mean the kid's gonna be out for a long time you know you kind of look at it two different ways depends on how much you value the kid i like him um you know i i, I don't I, I don't know i don't I, again it. i'm kind of tiptoeing around the question
0: but <laughs> no it's, it's all right it's all right so so moving on uh another guy who got hurt uh from mizzou who's not in the tournament but uh, in the same vein, Jonte Porter. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us, tell us about him.
1: So he was uh, he, he was on, on the radar last year and uh, put his name in the draft, um, and I, I believe he put his name in the draft if I remember correctly, and, and pulled out I think at the combine right before it. Uh, yeah, he was a high priority guy uh, for us. He, you know, he tore his ACL early in the season, um, and then they just announced that he, he tore it again. Um, I don't know. I mean, we had him. I think we were gonna have him in the. We had him in the 20s for most of the year on our mock draft. Um, my, you know, my colleague Matt McKay is very, very high on him. Um, I, I like him. You know, he's six eleven. You know, very skilled. Shoots the ball from outside. He, he very much fits modern day NBA. Um, two ACL tears. It's tough. I mean, it's tough. I don't know. We're we're actually um, we're we're working on Matt McKay and I are gonna do a joint article sort of d- discussing our takes on what do you do if you're them you know how do you evaluate this player from a you know a, a, a team standpoint um you know within the draft and it it's it's tough i mean i think there's a couple of different ways of looking at this is like again it goes how how much do you actually value the kid got it and uh you know i think if matt McKay is the general manager of a team he probably rolls the dice on him quicker than i would just because our evaluations are a little bit different i, I like him but i don't love him you got know it. and so it's just the the, the, the you know two you know, devastating injuries like that in a row it's tough it, it for me personally that he drops a ton for me and so we i think we have him we kept him in this year's mock draft um yeah we put him looking right now we have him at 41 you know that, that was sort of one of those things where you know mckay would have him higher i wanted him lower we're sort of just uh compromising and put him there for now and i don't know we, we've got we've got some more conversations and, and, and some more homework of surveying the league and see where everybody else stands on it too.
0: But it's, it's tough. I, mean, I feel really bad for both those kids. Got it. Well, listen, uh, we went through a, a good amount of players here. Uh, you can obviously um, hear the rest of the, the mock draft at babcockhoops.com hoops.com. Uh, so please go check that out. Um, and then what, so what else is kind of, you got, we got the draft, we got a lot of things coming up. So what's uh uh, what can we expect from Babcock Coops over the coming uh, couple weeks and months?
1: Yeah, sure. So, we're, we're, we're you know, the season's, uh, you know, winding down here, but we're, uh, our, our season's sort of just getting started. And, uh, you know, we're, as players declare for the draft and they sign agents and they start training, we'll be kind of bouncing around, you know, going to meet with some agents and players and watching their workouts, get, you know, and, and just doing our homework, just like these NBA teams are, and, and trying to, you know, Put together the big puzzle and then uh, in the meantime we'll also be doing a number of high school events. Um I, mean, I just did I'm you know in Vegas now, obviously, uh did the big baller brand game, which was pretty good. We're gonna do Hoop Summit, Jordan brand classic, the Iverson Classic. Um uh, we'll be at the Combine. So I mean we're we're gonna be all over the place, the value Wind guys and
0: just sort of chipping away and um yeah, just staying staying on the grind. Beautiful. Matt. Matt Babcock, owner and founder of Babcock Hoops. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. it, Thanks, Chase.